Chapter 5, The Hunt is Intensified. And before we begin, yes, a Merry Christmas to you, sir. And a Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Thank you for not saying Happy Holidays. You're welcome. There's a war on Christmas, and... And we're here to fight it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The most ubiquitous holiday in the world needs our help. You are so right. And we're doing our part by releasing this podcast episode on Christmas Eve. I mean... Out of respect. One of the best presents anyone can receive. Yeah. So, to our listeners, a very Merry Christmas to you all. And uh, if you don't know yet what to get someone consider uh, buying some merch from us that we definitely won't process any orders until it's far too late to get it to him for Christmas. But next year? Next year. They'll get it next year on Christmas. Hardy Boys, the Hardy and Sons podcast swag. Tons of swag. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but we have uh, driver's caps. Uh, We have pen knives. (laughs) Pen (laughs) knives. We have uh, legal document motorcycle jacket pockets. (laughs) Yes. Got a lot of good stuff. personally my favorite. It's a very, very wide and in deep pockets. I mean, you cannot beat these pockets. And we've got the Gravy Train t-shirt. And the official Gravy Train t-shirt. I'm also thinking at this point we have some sort of Oscar Smuff swag. Yeah, that's fair. There's definitely a few Oscar Smuff t-shirts. OSS, baby. Yeah. Oscar Smuff swag. Uh, And... uh, Maybe maybe it teaches this smuffs bluffs on it or something. One of my favorite lines. We'll of get all. to that in this yes. chapter. I mean, that is just a killer Which, speaking line. Speaking of this chapter, what a great phrase. We're keeping a theme here. This chapter is called "The Hunt is Intensified," uh, and it's, more it's like, not. Yeah, it's more like the gang is built. Yeah, people show up. People and are don't briefly do much. introduced. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is a Here's fantastic. a bunch of new characters. Enjoy them. You're not going to get anything except for what the narrator says is, this guy might be funny. Yeah. He might be a funny guy. And they're all good at sports. Yeah. We can stop this episode right there because we've covered <laughs> you got everything, everything yeah. right there. You might learn a little bit about how long some of these people's legs are, or perhaps yeah. that some of them are just medium-length legs. Or whether or not they're good at baseball. I mean, we learn all these things. But the, the, the chapter opens... With the thrilling conclusion to red versus yellow. Oh my god, yeah. Of we're sca- scraping paint flecks off this jalopy in a used car lot yeah. to try to figure out if it's Chet's. And this is hilarious. This is absolutely hilarious because everything about it is so bad and wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a bad idea, it's executed poorly. <laughs> Like everything leading up to this point, and including this point, yeah. Is and if, just you, if you need a, a, a memory work. refresher, what's going on right now is they're at a used car lot. They're looking at a red jalopy, which might be Chet's. Oscar Smuff is saying that it is Chet's jalopy, but they've painted it red. The the thief painted the car red, yeah, so that we we wouldn't know it was Chet's. And Oscar just wants them to believe them, but the Hardy Boys aren't going to fall for this. They need to scratch that paint off to see if there's yellow underneath. Yeah, well, Oscar's like, hey, don't you go scraping a pen knife all over these cars. The person who owns this place won't want you ruining his cars. And then Frank Hardy looked up at the detective and says, I've watched my father scrape off flecks of paint many times. (laughs) The way he does it, you wouldn't know anybody had made a mark. Yes, you would. (laughs) There's flecks of paint scraper. There are marks. That's what you're making and looking for. Which is so true. And then Smuff 
Hang on, hang on. I don't want to leave this just yet because... Oh, we're staying. We're staying. I, I watched my father scrape off flecks of paint many times. I'm just wondering how many times has Fenton Hardy had to scrape paint off cars? And like, <laughs> is this his go-to first move out of the gate of like, all right, hey, there's a car over there's there. Car we should here. probably scratch some paint off. Hand me my pen knife. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it seems ill-informed and a bad idea to begin with. Um, I'm just starting to think that they like to key cars. Yeah, it's, it's Which is vandalism awesome. is what I mean, it, it is. It's very cool. It's very cool. Oh, the vandalism only gets worse later on. Yeah. We ev- will get to that. Everything goes wrong in this chapter. So Frank, um, being the you know amazing detective that he is, has his pen knife out, and he's getting ready to scratch us off. He makes this bold statement about how great his father is at scratching cars up, in which Smuff grunts. But you're, but you're not your father. Easy there. What a line. A lot of jealousy coming out of Smuff already. And Smuff is saying, you know, your father's a great man. That's nice. That's nice of this detective to just be like, you're not as good as your dad. But you're just some Instead of being like, you're just a, a loser like your father. At least he's giving some gratitude okay. towards okay. the Hardy's dad. I didn't frame it that way, but I appreciate that. Right? Yeah, it just adds more to Smuff's character. He's doing the right thing right here, and I'm I'm just really loving Smuff. Even though the narrator wants us to dislike Smuff, yeah, I just I love diving deeper and deeper into Smuff. Yeah, I, I, Oscar's Muff has a lot in it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot in him. And I mean, I can see that Oscar Smuff is going to get into some hairy situations, especially with these boys. But you know, he's keeping clean. I as long he- as Smuff is clean, then I'm happy. I hope he sticks around in the other books. I'm I not, do too. I'm, I'm not ready to say goodbye. No, but no one's ready to say goodbye. They scrape the paint, and it's light blue paint under the red, not yellow. But So he's, he's scratching off uh, paint, and to be able to tell, it says Frank takes a flashlight from his pocket. And I'm thinking, you've had this flashlight the whole time? You're chasing this man in the dark, and you don't pull this flashlight out until now? And I don't know what battery power was like back <laughs> yeah, then. But how like, big these things must have been? Yeah, how big it must have been <laughs> and how dim it must yeah. have been because it's not like they had LEDs. Like you can get right. a small flashlight now that's pretty bright. But even like a flashlight from 10 years ago without 3D batteries in it, oh, yeah. you, you were looking at a pretty Dude, dim light. I remember the ones from the 90s. These things had the biggest batteries. I mean, they were like three yeah, bricks. The colorful plastic ones? Yeah. Yeah, you had uh, that, which I could imagine maybe fitting into a pocket. Yeah. You would be really awkward walking around with that at all but times. But you gotta remember, in the 50s, they had they had bigger <laughs> and wider <laughs> pockets. That's true. You had the they had the flashlight the, They're not pocket. wearing skinny jeans. Yeah. <laughs> They've got the flashlight room. They had deep pockets. So, they... It's, it's light blue under the red. And so, and not yellow. Yeah. So they scratch another place, and still which, light blue, which is amazing. At this point, here comes more vandalism of them saying, "Ooh, you know, it's actually blue." You know what we should do? Let's scratch another spot to see yeah. if that one's got yellow Let's underneath. Get a bunch it. of this Why red not? off of here. <laughs> and uh, Oscar Smuff's getting a little nervous here. So they determine that it's light blue everywhere, but then. Smuff says, well, maybe the thief put blue on and then red. And I'm thinking, this is a lot of work (laughs) that they're putting this hypothetical thief through. He's already come back to get a spare tire. (laughs) He's painted the car twice to get rid of it. fixing gas gauges. I thought, hey, what about a VIN number? (laughs) Maybe 
Maybe check the registration number, see if there's any identifying mark on the engine. I mean, we learned that Chet has been working on this engine every day after school, correct? Yeah, you think he would know. You and I said, why not look at the gas gauge? Right away, if the gas gauge isn't empty, then we know it's not not the car. car. It's only if this car is completely empty on gas would it match Chet's jalopy. Chet's the king of like coming up with things like... 25 minutes after they don't matter anymore. <laughs> after they've run the, a few the, miles. The vandalism and... has occurred, Chet. This is... So, then Frank goes down through several layers of paint and could not <laughs> yeah. find any signs of yellow. How many layers of paint <laughs> so does that car have? Boring like a, a hole in this rainbow. car. <laughs> and, uh, and so Chet's already convinced that it's not his car. Uh, because Chet's lock- walking around looking inside and out. And Chet says the queen had a long, thin dent in the right rear fender. Probably would have been a good thing yeah, to look for. Yeah, you're just right bringing this up yeah. now, Chet. Where were you before the <laughs> penknife came out? But there's more. And the seat cushion by the door had a little split in it. I don't think the thief would have bothered to fix them up. I don't know. Me he neither. Bothered to fix the tire and the gas gauge. Yeah. This man just restoring cars. He's like that guy that flips houses. Move that bus. That's just <laughs> the big reveal here. Move that wig. But it's <laughs> remove your hat. A lot of bad detective work is what I'm coming down to again and again. They're, by the boys. By the boys. Yeah. yeah they're just like Smuff is doing hey, a good job. He's here's, getting thorough. Here's a car that's similar that an unreliable detective brought us to. Yeah. Let's scrape some of the paint off. I'm learning new methods though First every thing, day. First thing, let's scrape the paint off before we do anything. It's a good call. And let's check the ground. Check the ground. Listen to the tire. See if we hear any receding footsteps. (laughs) And then we'll check for the unique identifying marks the owner Yeah, That Chet wasn't like – or the first question they asked him was like – Smuff should have been like, hey, Chet, is there anything about your car that would give this away? Anything on the interior? Because we know the exterior might have changed. Yeah, they didn't really consult Chet. No. They saw this red car, and they're like, well, let's scrape the red paint off and see if it's the same color as Chet's car. (laughs) Instead of asking Chet, who is with them? I'm surprised Chet didn't say, hey, is anyone going to eat those paint chips? (laughs) (laughs) They also – Chet still, in theory, has his keys. Yes. He has to. He's expecting to pick up his car. Because the car was locked. Yeah. The garage wasn't, but the car was locked. determined that it was hotwired. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He had the ring of car keys. So – couldn't he have his car key and check if it this opens isn't my this car, car guys yeah yeah my key <laughs> doesn't work easy. on this nor does it start the car <laughs> probably not my car so we'll hyper summarize unless this next back section. in the 50s the keys were all the same true which we need to that's another google that's search. another that's google worthy search. of a google search yeah but uh turns out that it's not a stolen car it belongs to melvin schuster what a fantastic name. Yeah, but they, they talked to the owner of the car lot, and uh, he says, Melvin Schuster uh, sold it to him before he left town, and uh, it was Smuff who sort of planted the seed of an idea that, hey, this might have been stolen. But now that he thinks about it, everything was fine. Not a stolen yeah. car. Schuster was a good guy. He moved far away. Yeah. So, uh, so Smuff was completely crestfallen. Without a word... He started for his own car, and the boys followed because they needed a ride back. The detective did not talk on the way back to the Morton farm, and the boys, feeling rather sorry for him, spoke of matters other than the car incident. I thought that was really nice. This dude just tried to extort him on a really, really thin, thin clue, and they're still like, you know what? Let's talk about other stuff. Yeah, let's not burn this guy's bacon. See, I would have been different. I would have been all up in that goat. 
I'm going to rub it in his face and be like, we just vandalized a car because of you. We almost had to pay for that car because of you. Oh, that was another little note. They offered, like, as, as he's saying, I'm going to scratch. We'll go a little deeper if the owner, as they're scratching paint, we'll go a little deeper. If the owner of this establishment objects, we'll pay for having the fenders yeah. painted. Didn't you just complain that you didn't have enough money to pay for Smuff? Yeah. It, this is $25 to find the car, and yet you're going to pay. I'm sure it costs more than $25 to repaint a car. Yeah. But, uh, so you got to do the whole thing. Interesting relationship with money these kids have. I so, think a little privileged. They get back home, and the, the girls ask, did you find it? And Chet sighed. Another one of Smuff's Bluffs. Smuff's Bluffs. I mean, that... He said disgustingly. Yeah. Smuff's Bluffs. Smuff's Bluffs. I mean, then that he handed back the money to his friends to that they had pulled up. I'm glad that, that they wrote in that little exposition. I, I, I'm happy that the money was returned to everyone who pitched in. Same. That's good. Same. Good yeah. on Chet. Good on Chet. Good on Chet. Uh, then a couple little... Th- this begins one of just... A, a, a few things that caught my my eye, but Frank and Joe said goodbye. Went for the motorcycles. Took Callie home. I put "took Callie home" in, in quotation marks. <laughs> oh, you dog! Took <laughs> her all the way. But home. then, then they returned to their own house, showered, and went to bed. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a little anticlimactic. There. Well, you could have just said they they went to bed. Like, why did we get the note that they showered? I mean, you got to know that they shower. They're not going to go to bed dirty. It's just an extra little detail is all. It's just teaching kids, hey, if you're going to go to bed, go to bed clean. Okay. You know, they Fairly. were just on the ground. Yeah, I suppose if these... They're rolling if, around on the ground. If people in the 50s were such hands-off parents and they were giving these books to their kids to essentially raise them, yeah, throw on a note that your super sleuth detective uh, kids take showers yeah, now and again. Yeah, they also shower. Yeah. Together. They eat Welsh rabbits. Yeah, they eat Welsh rabbits. They're very sophisticated pilots. <laughs> Okay, these are detectives we're talking about, not just a normal lad. So nothing nothing was accomplished, but uh, they're going to talk to their dad uh, in the morning. Dad says, I can tell you one bit of success makes up for a hundred false trails. What a line. That's nice of him. Yeah, what Encouraging a line. Encouraging his... Here, here, comes, uh, here comes dad to save the day again. Yeah. but uh, To really prove that the Hardy Boys are not good detectives. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to look here. Uh, I want to make sure I'm not getting ahead of you. But there's this. Uh, as the boys were undressing for bed later, Frank reminded his brother that the following day was a school holiday. Now they've got a, <laughs> a lot of a lot to unpack yeah. here. They've got a an old barn, which is a gymnasium. Fenton Hardy has an office and a study off of his office. Oh yeah, um, with uh, you know his files of disguises and his thousands of uh, broken codes. <laughs> Do they share a room? Do Frank I, and Joe, as, I feel like Frank and as Joe 17 still, and 18-year-olds, yeah, still they definitely share a room? Share a room. They got bunk beds, no doubt about it. Okay. I also felt like they were watching each other undress, which made me a little uncomfortable it's, reading that line. It's not written, but they're definitely making eye contact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> different time. It was a different time. So, uh, yeah, they decide that they're going to... Uh, take tomorrow, which is a school holiday. Yeah, they'll have hours and hours to There's do sleuthing. So much time for activities. And so sleuthing. much time for yeah. activities. All these free hours. Thank God for that school holiday. Yeah, and uh, so they're going to assemble the, the the gang. In in quotes, the gang. I was very excited when I read that. Yeah, we're going to get more people, not just Frank, Joe, and Chet. Yeah, and the girls, but now we've got. These included, besides Chet Morton, Alan Hooper, nicknamed Biff, 
because of his fondness for a distant relative <laughs> who was a boxer named Biff. <laughs> Interesting. I'm, I'm curious how distant of a relative this was. Like, was it like a third cousin or fourth cousin? Yeah, for, for whatever reason, I thought that distant relative, I was assuming it was like an ancestor, like a few generations back. And I'm thinking like, this is already the the 19, you know, 40s or 50s. Yeah. Is this like a turn of the century, like a 1890s boxer? In which case, he's oh, probably dead. Yeah. I feel like most boxers pre-19, really 1970, look at, look at, died look at in the Hooper ring. just going back, looking at the family tree, saying like, who's got a cool name? I don't like my name. My name's Alan. I want to be Biff. Call me Biff, Call everybody. Me, yeah. <laughs> like my gave, distant relative. He gave himself his own nickname. You can't do that. Hey. What are you doing, Biff? But it's a, a distant relative. That makes it better. We also yeah. meet Jerry Gilroy, Phil Cohen, and Tony Preto. Which I feel like I'm really so, hesitant, knowing that these books, again, were rewritten because they were too racist. Yeah. Anytime I hear a name that skews slightly ethnic, <laughs> just barely, yeah. where it's like, Cohen... Cohen could be Jewish. Yeah. Preto could be Italian. He could be Italian. He's definitely yeah. Italian. Yeah. And knowing that the books were rewritten because they were really racist toward Italians, I'm just like, Tony Preto, I'm rooting for you, man, because I have a feeling you're, you're not about to have, have a, a bad description, Mr. Preto. A, a good go of life in this book as an Italian. Uh, but they were all students at Bayport High and prominent in various sports. So we get some sporty boys. So again, if these books are raising your kids, if they want to be part-time detectives, don't forget to practice your sports, too. Gotta, yeah. Take showers. It's important play sports. Take showers. Undress with your brother. <laughs> be prominent in sports. And the five boys were eager to cooperate, and they agreed to, ex- to, they agreed to assemble at the Hardy home at 9 o'clock. Now, to me, this detail is important, and we'll get back to it, but they're agreeing to meet at 9 o'clock. Okay? Right. We're just going to shelf leave it that there, for now. And we're going to come Bookmark. back. Yeah. So they take a map. Uh, they're working with Fenton Hardy here, and their father uh, asked what they had in mind, and if he uh, if they had any, they asked if he had any suggestions on how they might go about their search. And of course, Fenton does. He's the world's greatest detective. Yeah, he says, take a map with our house as a radius and cut pie-shaped sections. I suggest the two boys work together. Now, that seems like a real bad idea. I feel like a city is not. Arranged in a pie shape around the <laughs> yeah, Hardy's house. Where did the pie shape there's come gonna from? Be, there's going to be roads that are long, straight lines that you're just going to have to stop at some point before it reaches the end of a block because your diagonal pie line is going through it. Yeah. And then the next street up, you're going to have to go further over because the pie line is... It, it, it doesn't make sense. I, I wish that they were smarter. I wish that they were smarter people. Yeah, they, they should have done uh, a different shape other than the pie. Yeah, maybe, maybe like work off main roads and be like, hey, I'll stay south of the main highway yeah. and east of the this cross street. Um, but no, they're just going in a pie shape <laughs> from the house. Which Chet's going to be very excited about. The, yeah, the and first we, we, get, we get quite a few Chet bashes, just subtle jabs at Chet here soon. Almost every line about him. But real quickly, by means of introduction, uh, the first recruit to arrive was Tony Preto, a lively boy with a good sense of humor. Okay, I'm already in for Preto. Yeah. Preto seems awesome. He was followed in a moment by Phil Cohen, a quiet, intelligent boy. All right, I'm, I'm in with Phil. Phil seems like he might uh, bring some smarts to the table. And uh, Tony brought a truck. Uh, <laughs> Tony's... Hey, I got this truck. Hey, 
Tony's father is in the contracting business, which I'm pretty sure is an underhanded way of saying he was in the mafia. Yeah, he was I in mean, the that's Italian mob, and they're not okay with it. Yeah, I can cover a lot of dump- miles in it. Oh yeah, it can hold a lot of bodies in it too. Yeah. Uh, so Frank Do you think those are pie shaped miles though? Yeah, it doesn't say what sort of miles. Just normal miles. That's a good question. I don't know what car couldn't cover a lot of miles in it. Like, I seem I'm thinking like, a truck seems like the yeah. worst car to cover miles. <laughs> hey, guys, really... <laughs> I got this truck. It can cover a lot of miles. The motorcycles that everybody's got seem like they are you know, exactly yes. geared for this. But, uh, but no, we've, no. Got a, we've got a contracting truck. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Thank for your you, contribution, Tony. Italian Tony. Uh, and then so you take from there, they're using the, a clock uh, to define their uh, pie pieces. So you take from 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock on this dial that we've marked. Call in every hour. Mom's going to act as a clearinghouse for our reports. So they're all going to call. The, they're they're going to go out. They're going to look around. And every hour, they're going to call back, talk to Mrs. Hardy. Report to mom. Not cooking. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, the two Dixon. boys. Yeah, thanks, Franklin. The two boys were just starting off when Biff and Jerry arrived at the Hardy home on motorcycles. Great vehicle. Great vehicle. Great vehicle yeah. to These cover are miles. Good searching in. Miles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any pie shaped miles you want, I mean, this is the vehicle you want yeah, to do big, it in. Big, inefficient diesel truck. <laughs> probably not the move. So thanks, Biff and Jerry. Um, And then this is, so here's, here's your Biff, blonde and long legged, <laughs> had an ambling gait. With which he could cover a tremendous amount of territory in a short time. How freakishly <laughs> is, is Biff built <laughs> to say that he could cover a lot of territory? Like, yeah, you're tall. You probably walk a little this faster. This dude's got like 12 foot legs, yeah. I think. <laughs> just a tremendous gait for ambling. What a strange description for poor Bliff. 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 Blonde. Blonde Biff. Bliff. Biff's bluffs. <laughs> uh, and then Jerry, an excellent fielder on Bayport High's baseball team. Good for you, Jerry. You can play ball. He was medium height, wiry, and strong. I feel like if you're a medium height, you should not be wiry. And if you're wiry, you're not going to be strong. <laughs> All these things contradict each other, right? These are perfect <laughs> specimens of humanity. So he's super thin, but he's strong, but he's also just a normal height. He's more on the short side. Yeah. And speaking of super thin, where's Chet? Mr. Hardy asked his sons. Wasn't he going to help in on this search? Uh, and then first Chet bashing is Frank. He probably overslept. Chet's been known to do that. And then Joe suggests... He also might have taken time for a double breakfast. Leave this guy alone. Why can't he just have a normal-sized breakfast? Why do you think he's got to eat two breakfasts? So uh, so then Chet's father lets him off in front of the hardy home, and the stout boy hurried to the porch. <laughs> this kid can't go anywhere <laughs> yeah. without being reminded that his genes have <laughs> given him a predisposition to obesity, and he has to struggle with that every day. You know, and even the narrator keeps t- twisting that knife. Yeah, at least he didn't waddle over. At least he didn't say this he This time he got to over. hurry. Yeah, yeah, he got to hurry. Just trying to run off that second breakfast he had. At least he's attempting. And then, good morning, Mrs. Hardy. Good morning, Mr. Hardy. Hi, chumps, he said cheerily. And last time, it was he was out of breath. He took you know deep breaths after waddling. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- he's they're, trying. They're he's slightly easier yeah. on him, but still. 
Poor guy. Poor guy. So now they've got a, an odd number. Frank, Joe, and Chet. And Mr. Hardy, if you recall. So they should be in twos. Should be in pairs. Now we're in threes. This is an issue. Okay, so you what's can't the do solution? pie-shaped radiuses and threes. It just doesn't work. No, everyone knows that. Everyone knows a mile pie situation is two on two. So we need an extra person. And who's the first to volunteer? And I'm imagining this this scene happening, like the total hero shot on the movie. Like oh, yeah. The, the, the recognition of his sons. Here comes the hero. Fenton Hardy. How about me teaming up with one of you? <sighs> just, I imagine tears oh, off yeah. their faces. Just Hardy and sons coming together. Oh, yeah. At long last. And uh, Frank, an 18-year-old. That doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't say that. I'm adding that. Frank, an 18-year-old, cries out, you mean it? I'll choose you as my partner right now. What is this, third grade science class? <laughs> to which I, I wrote in the margin, easy, Frank. Okay. <laughs> Back off. Calm Frank. down, Frank. At this age, your friends are getting married, <laughs> and you're getting really excited to go on a car ride with your dad. <laughs> you really mean it, Dad? I mean, oh. how do you feel, like... What do you think Joe felt in that moment, though, of like, oh, great, I'm stuck with Chet? Yeah. He just had two breakfasts. He's going to be farting up a storm. <laughs> you get to go with Dad. <laughs> I got Chet. Got, oh, Joe, I can't wait to hang out. I also thought, as the master detective, maybe he would go with Chet. I so was that thinking the same these thing. These two boys, uh, Frank and Joe, have some detective experience. Yeah. They're combined it seems like to put just Joe with just Chet seems like the really one of these pieces of pie is going to be a little less full than the others. Is all. That piece of pie is going to be a little bit more crusty, crumbly, crumbly. Let's go with crumbly. Yeah, I like what you did with the pie. I should have left my pie out, but I put it in. It now we got three. See, one other quick thing that I want to bookmark. We already bookmarked nine o'clock for me. Yeah, that's going to pay off for me in a minute. But I don't know if this one's going to pay off when or ever. But I have a further suggestion. Um, it's uh, it's not going to take you fellas more than three hours to cover the area you've laid out. Which that's a good amount of time. That's I would say that's not nearly enough time. If take my house right here, yeah, to check every garage as as they as they say in a few minutes, like they're they're looking at. Every little used road, every patch of woods was thoroughly investigated. Every garage, public and private. That t- to inspect. Oh, I didn't know they were going that far into this. Yeah. Do they have warrants? They're just going into people's garages. And like from here, if, if, figure you go a mile. That's a lot of houses. Yeah. And you got to figure that the jalopy went further than that. Like this has got to be a pretty big area that they're covering. Three hours is not nearly enough time to expect inspect. Every garage in this town of 50,000 people. I don't know. Fenton Hardy. You're not wrong on that one. This seems like a very, very poor estimate of time. But then he says, uh, and there's an additional uh, section that I think you might look into. Willow Grove. That's a park area. But there's also a lot of tangled woodland to one side of it. Good place to hide a stolen car. Why don't you start there? That's a good question, but this is what I wanted to bookmark. That little, why is Fenton Hardy pushing Willow Park? And I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know what happens, but if it ends up where there's stuff in Willow Park, 
Fenton Fenton's Hardy a little scene. shady now. So my dad, when I was growing up, yeah, used to fish. Uh, well, we, well, he still does, but we would go fishing. My dad would cast his rod, catch a fish, but he wouldn't reel it in. He would hand the pole to us. Oh yeah, and then after a moment or two, we'd start to reel it in and be like, "Oh my gosh, we caught a fish!" Oh yeah, yeah. and it it filled me with pride. It made me happy. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate that. Part of me's thinking, Fenton Hardy talked to Mister Morton. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to threaten these kids. I'm going to steal Chet's jalopy. I got a bunch. (laughs) I got a a file full of keys. I'm going to hide it in Willow Park or Willow Grove." Um, and the kids I'm gonna get- go down to the used car lot. I'm gonna paint this red, or I'm gonna paint this blue car red just to throw them off. See if they use the old pen knife trick that Frank's seen me do a thousand times. This is, yeah, this is a a great birthday present that he's giving <laughs> to the boys. Like your first case, I made sure everything worked out for you. Oh Don't my know why goodness. you kids didn't think to look in Willow Park. I guess I'll just tell you that one. Which, by the way. A few chapters ago, he was like, no, I never give advice unless I'm asked, I'm asked for yeah. it. Now he's, and he's throwing like, hey, it out. Willow Grove, y'all. <laughs> Don't forget about Willow Grove. No one asked about it, but I'm telling you. Oh, this is this just got way more interesting. What is Fenton Hardy up to? Ooh. This Ooh. is like the, the wicked to the Wizard of Oz. Like, yeah. This is the other side of things. Fenton Hardy's pulling the strings. He's the man. He pulls the strings. They dance. What happens next? I'm going to put down my microphone while you talk and drink this water. Ooh, what what does happen next? Uh, let's see. Oh, Mrs. Hardy likes to uh, pop her head in and just say, you know what? I'm going to fix a nice lunch for all of you. In which Chet hastily says, that sure would be swell. Chet, you just had two breakfasts. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop thinking about lunch, This sir. is why they're this calling you the fat This is why they're making cut. fun of you. You're My doing it to word. yourself here, My Chet. My word, Chet. My God. My God. You're not even worried about your car anymore. No, all you're thinking about is that lunch. He knows how good her lunches are, too. Yeah. So chicken sandwiches. Uh, so, mmm, <laughs> yum, chicken sandwiches. So to, to to cover some ground quickly here, they 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 all search. No one finds anything. They go to uh, Willow Grove and they're and they're, this all happens in like uh, four quick paragraphs. Yeah, the search was very small. Search was one paragraph. We got nothing. From they the, they found nothing. The search. It was just like, hey, they showed up empty. And they got the picnic and they uh they meet at the picnic location. They unpack and uh, they have a weird line about. It. Too bad we can't go swimming, but this water is pretty cold. Thanks, what was the Tony Preto. That Tony. This is that Italian kid. <laughs> yeah. This is a line that was probably left from before. Yeah, Some context disappeared around this. Too week. bad we can't swim in the lava. I'm pretty cold right now. <laughs> All right, thanks, Tony. <laughs> thanks, Tony. And then they, yeah, they start having their picnic. Chet uh, is gleeful now about how yummy these chicken sandwiches are. Yeah, which again, this is 1950s. Is this chicken? <laughs> yeah, I know. How are they keeping this chicken I'm well about preserved? What kind of chicken sandwiches? Yeah, yeah, and and what sort of food poisoning they're avoiding <laughs> as they're eating these picnic sandwiches with chicken? That is not a picnic menu either. You don't have a chicken sandwich on your picnic. You usually well, have like peanut butter. Well, he says that Mrs. Hardy makes a what was it a glorious? Uh, you make grand picnic lunches, Mrs. Hardy. Like so, okay. That yeah, is, a, that is a grand. Is a grand yeah. I'm thinking fish sticks would have been a better choice than a chicken sandwich. That's more accessible. 
and you're a right by the water. Takes it's on while. theme. It's on theme. Yeah. They mess so up that so during the meal, the boys exchanged reports on the morning sleuthings. All had tried hard, but failed to find any trace of the missing car. And then Frank says, our work hasn't ended, but I'm so stuffed, I'm going to rest for a while before I start out again. And here's when I want to call back. It is 1 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. At 9 o'clock, they had not left their house. At 9 o'clock, uh, by 9 o'clock, his sons had mapped out the search in detail, uh, and then the, the recruits arrived. But so they probably left around 9.30, 10. Yeah. Then they, they searched, they went back to the house, got the picnic, and then went to the spot, and now it's 1 o'clock. Like two hours. That's about two hours of work. Two yeah. and a half hours, maybe. And and Frank's like, oh, I need a nap. <laughs> I know I'm just real excited about I've been about working this with Dad all holiday. day. Dad's been doing all the work, but man, I am beat. I've been napping in the back of Dad's car as he drives around looking in garages and, <laughs> and scraping paint off every car. I must have watched him do 55 cars. <laughs> oh. So all the other boys but Joe felt the same way, and they all laid down on the grass for a nap. That's because Joe's the young buck. Yeah, Joe's he's the youngest out of all of them. He's Chip got on his shoulder, yeah. underdog. That's oh, a yeah. classic story of David and Goliath right here. <laughs> Joe versus Joe's stuck Frank. with Chet, dude. He's stuck with the dead weight. He's got to pull double his weight now. Yeah, and if they're uh, if they're continuing to ride on the same motorcycle, oh, yeah. that's a very, very true story. He's got to lean forward. Yeah. That's extra work, keeping that thing balanced. So uh, so Joe starts searching through the woods, these woods next to Willow Grove, and, and he's not finding anything. He searches for 25 minutes. Yeah, he's plunged uh, off without finding the underbrush here. Yeah. And uh, then he finds this little clearing that appears to be part of an abandoned roadway. Oh, my God. And excitedly, he pushed through the dense undergrowth, uh, and uh, the ground was wet. It was a low-lying part of the grove. Uh and at one point, it was quite muddy, and it was here that Joe saw something that aroused his curiosity. A tire! Then maybe an automobile has been in here. He muttered to himself, <laughs> even though he screamed, A tire! <laughs> he mumbled the other part to himself. Yeah, um, so although there were no tire marks in the immediate vicinity, there's just a tire in mud. And he says... Maybe an automobile is better in here, even though there's no tire tracks. Um, no footprints either. I guess someone tossed this tire here, which still there would be footprints. Yeah. If someone was there up and carrying a tire yeah. deep what is into this the man woods. got a hundred foot throw of this tire? I feel like the clearing. I feel like the Hardy Boys don't understand that nature has a way, like through wind, through water. Of sort of uh, smoothing ground over. Yeah, covering its tracks. Like if, if you take a step in a field and you go back to that field 30 years later, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that footprint's going to be gone just because of how nature works. And when they were looking for the car on the side of the road, they were like, no tool marks, no tire tracks, no footprints. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because the wind blows <laughs> what, the rocks and things happen. What do you expect? You do some real investigating. Get your head down to that ground. And start moving things. Start yeah. shifting. And here's another where there's, there's no footprints. Like, well, if it's wet, <laughs> yeah. if you step in a puddle, A, there might be a huge, deep, muddy footprint underneath yeah. the water, or it, it wouldn't leave a mark. Like, you're just stepping in wet, smushy grass where it doesn't leave a nice, distinct, hard-packed dirt outline at the bottom of your shoe. Mm. I don't know. I was rooting for Joe as he ventured off alone. I was really rooting for him. I was, too. But then he looks closer at the tire. 
And what does he notice? That tread looks familiar. So... <sighs> for Joe to recognize the tread... Oh, what is he, Rain Man? ...of this tire... Well, not only that, they haven't seen the tires. The car was stolen... And oh then yeah, that's Chet. Chet, Chet would be like, the one hey, to be like, "Hey, that's my tread." Yeah, and like even the spare tire was stolen. Yeah, they like never was there a time unless Joe just remembers like, "Oh yeah, those are <laughs> Chet's treads." You can't forget treads like that. Yeah, treads and red hair—you never forget them <laughs> once you see them just in there. That is a good point that you bring up. Now, now my question is, which tire is this? Because if this is coming off the yellow jalopy. He wouldn't throw away the tire that he just picked up. This wouldn't be the spare tire. This would be the tire that he, he needed to replace. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe so examine any, it to see if it's still holding air. Yeah. What's going on left? with this tire here? Don't be worrying about the tread. Be worrying about what's going on with the tire, dog. There's a moment that the time isn't specific, but I really I like to imagine here. But so that tread, he says, you know, looks familiar. He gazed at it until he was sure and then dashed back to the other boys. I'm just wondering how long Joe sat, <laughs> Joe sat there in the woods gazing at a tire. Like, oh, that tread. Mm. Yeah. That's mm. a good tread. He looked around. He's like, no one's around. I got a wet puddle over Everyone's here. Everyone's yeah. napping. I'm going I'm to examine this tread for a while. And then he pulls a chet to close out the chapter. I found a clue. Come on, everybody. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Everyone was napping. You just scared everybody. Yeah, the clue's still going to be there when <laughs> yeah. they wake up well rested. And he dashed back? Come on. Yeah. Come on. I think he's a little jealous that he didn't get to go with, with Dad. He is. He's trying to make up for it. And and good on him, he did. He did, yeah. He found a tire. He found a tire with, with a tread, tread he that recognized he recognized after, yeah. <laughs> after some prolonged gazing. I'd recognize that tread anywhere. Never forget a tread like that. It's a hot tread. Oh. So, uh, again, this chapter was called The Hunt Intensifies. The Hunt is Intensified. And, uh... Yeah, it's, it's more of just a team assembling. Yeah, it's more Briefly, like... Briefly, with a lot of team talk assembles of lunch. and has a picnic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Joe finds a tire. <laughs> I don't know how intense any of that is, but that's the bullet points to take away from this chapter. It wasn't Chet's jalopy. And they had a picnic. <laughs> with chicken sandwiches. And then Joe found a tire in the woods <laughs> with no other tire tracks or footprints near it. And he's super jazzed up about oh, it. Oh, yeah. And that's where we are right now. But the next chapter is the robbery. Ooh. And there had better be a robbery in this chapter. <laughs> if it's one sentence at the end, I will be yeah, pissed. Where somebody's like, oh, yeah, my, uh, my friend was robbed a few months ago. <laughs> It's not. It's, it wouldn't be surprising, but it wouldn't be satisfying. Oh no! Oh no! Do you have a lead out for us? Oh, I got to do the lead out now. I don't know. You you had your microphone up like you were ready to. No, to I was. Say I was very curious to hear what your lead out was going to be. I didn't have a lead out ready. I I feel like I've been hogging the lead outs. I like when you hog the lead outs. You had chapter three. I did have chapter three, I had four, and five. So it's only right that I take six. Go ahead. Oh. Uh... I hope Sticks, we bricks. get our licks in chapter six. 